listen, and then we'll pick up again with the patriarchs in the fall. So Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. This is God's word. So I said we're looking at the first recorded worship service after the fall. The first recorded worship service after the fall. And what do I mean by that? Well, we need to ask the question, what is worship? And there are lots of ways that we can answer that, and there are lots of elements of worship. But I really like the way uh, uh, Ligon Duncan puts it in his book, quoting this man named David Peterson. He says, worship is an engagement with God on the terms that he proposes and in the way that he alone makes possible. So when I say this is the first recorded worship service, what, what we see is Cain and Abel are engaging with God on the terms that God proposes, which is sacrifice, that God alone makes possible. So God has made this possible, that Cain and Abel can come to him in sacrifice. And we know that that God has already um, delivered this information to them because they already knew what to bring. They already knew where to bring it. They already knew what to do with it once they got there. They already knew uh, how God had made a way for them to worship. Just like we know. We know that we are to give ourselves as a living sacrifice. Every day is a day of worship. And that we shouldn't forsake the gathering together uh, as some do. We know that as well. But here they come. And there's a problem. There's a problem here. And you see it in uh, the, the last part of verse 4 is where it begins. And it says this. And the Lord had regard. For Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So when it says that the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, that means that God gave it special attention. God looked at the offering. He looked at Abel. He saw it. He accepted it. It it was pleasing to him. It made him happy. And then he looks at Cain and his offering. And it says, for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So however God is responding to Abel and his offering, he's responding the opposite to Cain's. And verse 5 says that Cain was very angry and his face fell. So if we're looking at at worship and we're looking at this, this time of worship, which for them looks like sacrifice, we need to know... What is wrong with Cain's sacrifice? Why wouldn't God accept it? What is right 
about Abel's sacrifice and why was this one pleasing to God? Well, what was wrong? Let's start with that. What was wrong with Cain's sacrifice? Why wouldn't God accept it? Cain comes and he is engaging with God, but he's not really engaging with God on God's terms at all. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace and actually wrote almost 300 other hymns, he he saw this and he picked up on this in a hymn that was aptly named Cain and Abel. And he says this, the sacrifice the Lord ordained in type of the Redeemer's blood, self-righteous reasoning Cain disdained. There's something going on in Cain's heart and thought his own first fruits as good. Yet rage and envy filled his mind when, with a fallen downcast look, he saw his brother favor find whose God's appointed method took. There is something going on in, in the way that Cain and Abel are approaching God. There is something different about the way that they are approaching God. And just like John Newton says, Cain disdains God's appointed method and he decides, I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to engage with God, but I'm going to do this my own way. And Abel says, I'm going to come to God the way God has asked me to come to him. I'm going to use God's appointed method. What is God's appointed method? What did Abel do that Cain didn't do? Uh, Gordon Wenham, when he is is looking at this, he gets at this and he says, the commonest view among commentators, ancient and modern, is that it was the different approach to worship that counted, and this was reflected in what? The quality of their gifts. Whereas Cain offered simply some produce of the land, Abel offered the choicest animals from his flock, the firstlings and their fat portion. So it's not about what they gave necessarily. You can can give fruit of the field, you can give fruit of the flock, Um, It's not necessarily about the amount, whether he brought a whole bunch or whether it was a little bit. It was about the quality of the gift. And the quality of the gift gets at one thing. The quality of the gift gets at the difference in the heart. Gets at the difference in the heart. I want you to imagine. It's it's Mother's Day. So imagine. Imagine there are these, these two kids in different homes and they grow up. And it's, it's Mother's Day. And so each of them decide they're going to get their mother a gift. So the first one is very, very wealthy. <clears throat> He's very, very wealthy. And so he, he kind of goes into to Tiffany's and he, he hates that he even has to do this. But he goes in there and, and he just says, just give me something. I, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it costs. Just give me something. And, and, and I'm going to give that to mom for Mother's Day. And so he you know has him wrap it and takes it and... Fine, here you go. Enjoy the necklace or whatever it is in there. Then you have another kid. The other one is very poor. He, he has nothing, but he works and he saves and he works and he saves. And then he goes to Walmart. And he goes over to the jewelry section. And he studies. And he gets down. And he has them pull out one, and then they pull out the other, and then he puts that back, and it's not just, it's just not right. And, and then he finally finds just the right gift, and he knows, he knows that even though it costs him everything, it's never going to be good enough for her. It's never going to be what she deserves, but he, he finds it, and he stretches himself to the edge of what he can do, and then he wraps it himself, and he brings it to his mother. 
utter special day. Which mother received the better gift? Which one received the better gift? The one, the one whose, whose son went and just said, here you go, fine, take it, whatever. Or the one who had faith that even though that gift could never be good enough for his mom, could never be what she deserves, had faith that she would accept it in the spirit that it was given. You see, the difference in the quality of gift, the difference shows what was in their hearts. And the author of Hebrews shows us what was in Abel's heart. He says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. There was something different in the heart of Abel than was in the heart of Cain. What you heard Heather read earlier is that that Cain is even identified with, with, with having evil, having wickedness in his heart. But Cain, but Abel, brought a gift out of faith that even though this gift would never be good enough, would never be what God deserves, he had faith that God would love it. And Abel's faith, Scripture says, is what made that sacrifice acceptable. Now the next question we need to ask is this, what did he have faith in? Did he have faith in how good his sacrifice was? He did bring the best, the the firstlings, the fat. he's, he's, He's going out, he's bringing the best that he can. Did he have faith in how good it was? Man, I brought the best sheep today. Look at this thing. Just just pure white as snow, not a spot on it. Everything is good about this. Hey, Cain, look at this one. How's your corn looking now? Right? Now, his faith wasn't in the gift. His faith was in God who would accept it anyway. He knew. He knew that sheep, even the best sheep, even even, even the the most amount of sheep, it, it would never be what God deserves, but he had faith that God would accept it anyway. Now, how is this overwhelmingly good news for us today? How is this overwhelmingly good news for us today? It, it, it is overwhelmingly good news for us today because we know that when we worship God in faith, that he will accept our worship. When when we worship God, when we approach him with that same heart that Abel had saying, God, I I know what I can can give you is is never going to be good enough. I, I know it's not what you deserve. That's what I mean. It's not what you deserve. But Lord, here it is. And I just trust that you're going to accept that. It makes him happy. It makes him happy. Even if sometimes that heart is grumpy. Even if sometimes that heart is a little depressed today. Even if sometimes that heart is stingy. Even if sometimes that heart is selfish and thinking about all my own things. When we muster up the strength a little bit of resolve, no matter how small it is, a little bit of faith, God receives our worship as the most meaningful gift. And all we need is faith the size of a mustard seed for worship. God can find it 
down in our hearts where even we can't see it. Faith the size of a mustard seed. I couldn't even bring one. I have some, but there wasn't even a point because you couldn't see it and I'd probably spill them all over here and we would never find them. Faith the size of a mustard seed is what we need for worship. And do you know why? Because first God sees our faith. He sees our faith. He sees our heart. He's the only one who can see our hearts. You don't know if the person sitting next to you is worshiping like Cain or Abel. You don't know that. Only God knows that. Some of us worship like this. Some of us worship like this. Some of us do this. Some of us do this. Some of y'all do this. (laughs) We don't know what's in your heart. God knows what's in your heart. God can see the faith that we bring to him in worship. And, And so that is the first part. And the second part is this, because our big brother Jesus... He takes that Walmart diamond and he takes it and he replaces it with the diamond that he bought with his own blood. And he takes that worship as imperfect, small as it is. And he takes that worship and he says, I think what you meant to give him is this. And he makes our worship acceptable. He makes our worship good enough. He makes our worship what God deserves. Just that little mustard seed and Jesus makes our worship what the Father deserves. He makes it a good gift, the best gift, the gift that that the, the creator of the universe deserves. I want to tell you, there is no other God like this. There is no other God like this. You can go look at any religion. You can go, go find anything else. There is no other God like this. Never before, not now, never in the future. There is no other God like this. Every other God, every other God says one of two things. They either say, if you don't do enough, or if you don't give enough, you will be punished, or maybe I'll ignore you, or I'll do something worse. That's one thing that they say. Or you can find other gods, and maybe it's the gods of our culture. You can find other gods that that will say, eh, it doesn't matter anyway. Who cares? You will find other gods that say one of those two things, but you will only find one God, and it is the God of the Bible who says this, if you just have faith, I will do enough for you. I will give enough for you. I will be enough for you. You only find one God who says that, and it is the God in this book here. And you want to know where we see it? We see it years later, years later, in a moment of worship, and it's a similar kind of worship in in people giving things up, and there are these men who come, and they're real flashy in their worship. They make a lot of noise with it. They they try and kind of get some attention while while they're worshiping. They, They spend a lot of money on their worship. They're showing off, but there's no heart. There's no heart. And then there is this old, poor woman. And she scrounges around and she looks and and she moves things to the side and then she finds the very last of what she has. Two coins. And she takes them. She takes them. And these two tiny copper coins, and she takes them. 
Not for anyone watching. But with a heart full of faith, she takes about what would be worth about an eighth of a penny today. And she says, Lord, this is, this is my worship to you. And God himself is sitting there watching. And Jesus calls his disciples and he says, I want you to come over here and see something. Her worship is better than everyone else that you saw today. Because she gave with a heart of faith. She gave with a heart of faith. So, we need that same heart today. We need that same heart today. And that's the heart that Jesus can give us. And so the question is, what kind of worship will you offer? What kind of worship will you offer? And by the way, we already took the offering and that's intentional. Because this is not about giving. This is not about money. And if that doesn't make the point, then, then I can't make it stronger for you. What kind of worship will you offer? What kind of worship will you offer? We're, we're giving a devotional to you and your family as, as part of a way of helping you throughout the week. Throughout the week, you can take this thing. And if you're like me, and I know I am, you can take this and you can, you can open it up and you can say, oh, I need to move my bookmark over because I haven't been in this thing for a few days. And then you get there and you look and there's a, there's a verse. And there's a little bit of a description and there's a prayer. This, this, is a, this is a tool. It's here to help you, to help you worship. What kind of worship will you offer? What kind of worship are we offering? And do you have faith? Just a mustard seed, that's all it takes. Do you have faith that through Jesus, your worship is the best gift that you could give God today? Let's pray.